Last week we looked at uh, why is faith so hard, and if you have not heard that or part of that, please pick that up and look at that. It's online. Should be able. But the, today, I'd like, because you see these are all linked together, so the first links to this one, but today I'd like for us to look at, share why is prayer so hard. I don't know, maybe you have had a struggle with it. Maybe you have uh, had times of difficulty. I certainly have had that in my life. And there was a long time in my life I didn't pray at all. And that was a difficult thing for me to say, oh, prayer means something more. Um, you may be saying to yourself, well, I'm not sure really what, why I'm having a prayer. I'm not sure what it is. Not sure about prayer at all. And I'd like to know. Maybe it's that I don't know what to say. I don't have the concept of what to say when I'm praying and having happening. Uh, I remember um, as growing up and being part of that, that I was taught as a child to kneel down and say my prayers, close my eyes by my bedside every night, and so uh, after a while I outgrew that. I no longer needed to say, uh, now I lay me down to sleep. I didn't know what a lay me down was. Lay me down, didn't realize that meant to lay me down. I thought it was some kind of a foreign word of some sort, if you say it fast enough. So this morning I would like for you to turn to Matthew 6 first. Would you look at Matthew chapter 6? His disciples, Jesus' disciples, wanted to know from him, how do we pray? That's a good idea. They said, well, how do we pray? Can you teach us how to pray? And that would be a good thing for us to know. They knew how the Pharisees prayed because the Pharisees would stand in the temple and they would say it right out loud so everybody could hear. It's supposed to be an individual prayer, but they would say, and if you know the scriptures, they would look and say, I thank you, Lord, that I am not like that guy over there. Boy, what a reputable thing over there. That, what a, that publican over there, what a terrible person. I thank you that you have raised me above that. Well, that wasn't a good example uh, from how to pray. And so they were asking Jesus how to pray. So if you'll follow along, it'll be on the screen, but you can follow along in Matthew chapter 6. We're beginning with verse 9. This then, Jesus said, is how you should pray. And he goes on, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also been forgiven our debtors. You may come from a different household of faith and have that saying, uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Do you have that? Maybe you've had that in your... Uh, background and lead us not into temptation Jesus continued but deliver us from the evil one that's it that's it well maybe if you've been taught the Lord's Prayer and you would say this is the Lord's Prayer that he was kneeling that we should there's a little more to it than that and that I have in it and where it says you know uh, there what's the rest of the prayer that's supposed to be there and that part is that we have learned as, as we all would kneel and say the Lord's Prayer together that there's another part that says for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen isn't that right haven't you learned that if you've been in the church a long time? But surprise, 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 as we have the choir sing that, and we've all learned that, and it's a beautiful way to say it, it's not found in Scripture. Woo! Jesus didn't say that last little part. 
So as I was growing up, I was taught, and I was going through theology and how to do this and how to present this to you, I was uh, taught that what I needed to make in my presentations for you is that I teach how people how to pray properly. How to pray properly. So I wanted to be sure you caught that this morning, how to pray properly. And so the first thing that you wanted to do was there's a proper way to address God. And that's found in Jesus' prayer of how we would address God, the appropriate way to speak to him. And says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So that was the very first thing in addressing him. I was taught that it was important for you to address God appropriately, using the appropriate language uh, for that. Then the second part was to acknowledge his sovereignty. Had to do that. That's the second part of Jesus' prayer as he is praying his prayer. And we would say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it did in heaven. You are the sovereign, the Adonai, as we learned this morning. The Adonai, you're the, you're the, the sovereign Lord over everything. So now I acknowledge you are God. The second part is I acknowledge you that you are, have sovereign. The third thing that I was taught was to, then we make our requests to him. And in Jesus' prayer, it simply says, give us our daily bread. That's it. You can do that pretty quickly, can't you? Well, of course, we think, well, we mean more than just our bread. <laughs> we mean our Honda Civic as well, and our house, and the new air conditioner, and of course, my new clothes, and don't forget my iPhone. I need to update my iPhone, Lord. So, you know, give us stuff. Well, that's a little bit beyond, but you understand. Uh, make our request. And fourth, confess and deliverance from sin. That was, that was important, a confession there. And he said, forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so there we have this basic outline. We have addressed God properly, acknowledge his sovereignty, make our request, and confess and deliver me from sin. And I just kind of thought, well, maybe I should keep that outline in my pocket. So when I would have prayer, I'd just pull this out, and I could just follow those four steps, and I would be done. And that would be really cool. But you have to understand from Scripture that there are other prayers in Scripture. There are lots of other prayers. Some of them are in the Psalms. And the interesting thing, if we were to go and look at Jesus' prayers, other than the Lord's Prayer, that we call the Lord's Prayer. You know, in John 17 is the real Lord's Prayer. When the Lord prayed for all of us. From his disciples all the way down to you sitting right here today. Jesus prayed for you in John 17. It's a long chapter. And he went on and on. And he did not follow the outline. Jesus himself didn't follow the outline. Why he, he wanted, and, then, and then if you go and you look at, at Gethsemane, Jesus' prayer at Gethsemane, it's recorded in Matthew 26 and Luke 22. If you look in there, all he says is, Thy will be done. Let this cup pass from me. Thy will be done. There's no outline there of a prayer that Jesus had at Gethsemane. So evidently, evidently there's more, more involved than just following an outline in prayer. And we ask, beware, be aware of that. And happening with that, because as I would look at that, I said, well, that's the way it must be. i got to follow that. And I missed the real blessing of it. 
So it's more than just repeating the Lord's Prayer. There's nothing wrong with repeating the Lord's Prayer. We do that in church. It's a wonderful prayer. Please don't misunderstand me. But actually, we don't believe Jesus was asking us to repeat the Lord's Prayer. He, he gave it to us as kind of, this is stuff you need to have in it. This is talking to God. Be real about it. So, so what's the trouble? Why are, why are so many of us having such a difficulty in prayer life? Why are we having that? Well, when I was in, uh, I was going to a Seventh-day Adventist Academy school, and I had a Bible teacher, and he, every once in a while, he would ask me pointed questions that made me nervous. And he would step up, and I remember one time he asked, Bill, how's your prayer life? Well, at that time, I wasn't praying at all. So I didn't want to deal with that. I didn't want to say, oh, I'm not praying at all. You know, I don't want to tell, I don't want to fess up to that. So I go, oh, it's good. Because the last time I prayed several years ago, it was good, I guess. <laughs> Actually, that's not quite right, because um, we used to have, uh, after chapel sometimes, we would have prayer bands and prayer things, and we would all file out those who wanted to go to prayer bands. I always went to prayer bands. Went out there because it became a, if you just spaced yourself just right, it became a golden opportunity to hold a girl's hand. And so I, yes, yes, thank you. Uh, Prayer, and then you mumble a few words, and it was to be able to hold that lovely young lady's hand. So it was something totally different than really what I think the school intended for me to enjoy. But please don't miss this. Prayer and faith are tied together. Last week we talked about faith. And if you're with you last week, and I'll just catch you up real quick. Faith equals trust. Remember that? Same word. When you read the word believe in the New Testament, you can almost always find that it's also the word trust. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever trusts in him, puts his trust in him, shall have eternal life. Different than just believing. So so there's that, that the prayer and trusting in God go hand in hand. They are tied together. They cannot be separated. So that being a truth, being a reality... It makes us face a very difficult question, and that is getting to the heart of the matter. And here's what hit me about the struggle with prayer. And what happens and affects me in my life was the question had to be asked, do you trust Jesus enough? Do you know Jesus well enough to trust him? You see, did I trust God with my life? And because my faith was not strong, because I believed but did not have trust, I believed it was true, but I I didn't have trust in Christ. Then Christ stood off away from me, as it were. I pushed him out to be a figure outside of my life, and therefore... Prayer was not a natural communication with someone I did not trust. 
So in order, in order to be able to, to have a prayer life, you must trust in who you're praying to. And that brings us to the heart of the matter because faith, faith or trust comes by hearing the word of God and hearing the word of God. How do we do that? Because we need to find Jesus in the Bible. Next week, we'll talk about why is Bible study so hard? Why do we struggle with that? I'll help you with that next week. But in the scriptures, we find revealed in the story, because the story, the Geschichte, the, the story of Jesus, of salvation, that runs through the scripture one way to the other, as it goes all the way through that, it's always the story about Christ and how he's saving us. So from Genesis right through to Revelation, the whole thing fits together. And if we're closing and not opening and reading it, then we're losing the opportunity to know who Jesus is. And therefore, trust isn't there. Because if you read the scriptures, and if you're looking at the scriptures, which we'll talk about next week, reading the scriptures, you'll find that it's a story of real people with real lives, with real struggles, of which you and I can identify with. Because you're not the first one who's been a doubter. You're not the first one who hasn't had faith. You're not the first one who wished to know more about God. You're not the first one who struggled with reading the scriptures. It's all in there. And then we also learn from one another. It is interesting to some of you, as you would share about your experience in life, as you're sharing about your prayer life and how wonderful it goes. And to, to me, years ago, as I would listen to that, I was, well, are they cuckoo? Are they just following some kind of thing? Because I wasn't praying. I never found that experience. And yet these people go, oh, yes, I was talking to God, and God told me to do this, and going on, I go, oh, great, great, great. But prayer is the key to heaven. Do you know this song? Prayer is the key to heaven, but faith unlocks the door. Amen. See, it's very true, that song, that that. Prayer is the key to heaven, but you have to have faith or trust in God to unlock the door. Ellen White made this, and I'm taking this from Steps of Jesus. You can find this in Steps of Christ. They're just shortened the census. But God has great storehouse of blessings. Blessings. And prayer is the key in the hand of faith or trust that unlocks heaven's storehouse. Now let me just say something about blessings. It is sometimes when I prayer, I say, well, Lord, bless us. Bless us, yeah. Now let's suppose, let's suppose that I, uh, talking to Kent Eagle, he's our head deacon, if I say, Ken, I want you to bless us today. Now, I have a specifically in mind that I would like him to unlock the front doors and to turn on the air conditioner. But I don't say that. I just say, Ken, bless us. Ken is totally oblivious to what that means, so he goes, okay, all right, I will put out the bulletins. 
I found that the more specific you are in your prayer, the more you will recognize how God answers your prayer. I had a teacher, theology teacher, in the seminary, that his prayer was so specific for that day that it could not be appropriate the next day. Because he dealt specifically with what that day was. Try it. Try it. Make a list. Make a list. If you make a list of, of your prayer requests, watch and check them off as the days go by, how many get fulfilled? You'd be shocked. But if you just say, well, God bless us. I hope he does something. You'll never know when he does. Number one. Do I accept that God really cares about me? And that goes back to faith, you see. And if I don't have faith, I don't have trust, then where am I? And if I'm unsure, I need to find out. I need to find out. If I'm unsure about whether God cares about me, I need to find out where do I find out. It's back to the Bible again. Because the Bible lays out how that is played out. The Bible lays out exactly how that happens, how God interacted with people, and how God chooses to interact with us. We rob ourselves of the blessing of God and the communication with God when we don't have prayer. And we're missing something tremendous. It would be a blessing. It would help you in your growth. Number two, not sure what to say. Not what, sure what to say. Well, you got the outline. You could have to go the outline. And of course, that could be a fallback. You could always say that. God is always open to that. Always doing that. Happening. But prayer is opening the heart of God as to a friend. That's different than just following an outline and making sure you have all the elements there. Opening your heart to a friend. Now, do you have a close friend that you can use as an example? I have a friend that, that, with, um, that we went to school together, we worked together, we pastored together, we've, done, we've been through a lot of pain and joy together. And I can tell him anything. He's not shockable. He can tell me anything, and we keep our trust, we keep it, because we are friends. And I can be real with him. And when I have doubts or concerns or things or I'm angry, I could say it and he doesn't shame me. He's truly a friend. If you have one friend like that, you're rich, aren't you? When I was growing up, I said, oh, I like to have lots of friends. If you have one, you're in great shape. One friend. So prayer is the opening of the heart uh, to God as to a friend. We do not pray so that God will know us. Why? Because he knows us already. He knows you. He knows the hairs on your head, and you've never counted them. Some of us are getting there, so we could. But he knows us. So we're not going to be sharing information. He does not know. But we pray to help us know and receive him. Help us to know and receive him. That's why we pray. And prayer does not bring 
God down to us, it brings us up to him. <laughs> brings us up to him. So I would suggest that you tell God about what you care about. And that in your prayers, that you be really real with him. And that you share with him exactly what happened. Sometimes I've heard people say, well, I can never tell God that because I don't want to upset him. You're going to upset him? <laughs> this man went to the cross for you. So be real. I had a, a dear friend in our, in our, close to our family who uh, was a wonderful young lady. She died at about 30 years of age with small children. She died of, of leukemia. And it broke our hearts. I remember there one night in the hospital, I pleaded with God all night in the chapel, pleaded with God to save her life. And she passed away. And it was horrible for the family. I was ticked. You know, it's hard to get up and smile and be a pastor and everything when you're angry at God. And boy, did I tell him. I told him that I was angry with him, that he should have done this, blah, 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 blah. And, blah, blah. and I went on and on, and it went on for days and weeks. And I just, I just don't, I, I just, why didn't you do that? We prayed so long, the good would have come out of that. It took me a long time to realize God is sovereign and that he will take care of everything in the end. And this world is not the end. And we will see her again. For she loved the Lord and served the Lord. We will see her again. And this is a world full of trouble and sin and pain. But it's not going to be forever. Amen. And so after a while, and I talked with God. I was praying to God and telling him all about how I was grumbling. The Lord said, well, it's good to have you back, Bill. <laughs> and are you over it now? Do you realize who I am? Well, you could have acted. Where do you see the big act coming? Where do you see the big act? When I will call her and she will rise. So the third thing I would like to suggest to you is start listening. He probably is speaking to you. But if you do all the talking, he can't get a word in edgewise. Now this took me a while to learn. Because I thought I had to do all the talking in prayer. You don't do that to a friend, do you? You go to a friend and you do all the talking and then say, thanks so much for listening, see you later. Their friend eventually says, well, that's some friend you are. Because there's an exchange. There's a going back and forth. Open your heart to God as to a friend. So it implies the idea that you're going to listen. So... When I caught on to this, I found, so I do a little talking in the prayer, and I, I try to do this every day, and then I just say, all right, Lord, what do you have to say to me? Now, I don't hear a voice. I don't hear a voice speaking to me, and so forth. But all of a sudden, if you're quiet and still, you'll start hearing the impressions of God coming to you. And all of a sudden, oh, I never thought of that. Never, thank you. Thank you for giving me that. Thank you for sharing. I'm going to put that in my sermon. Or whatever. If you will listen, he will respond and you'll get him. Try it. You might like it. So, if you know the story of Eli and Samuel, 
Samuel was given up by his mother, Hannah, and she, was, she gave him to, there's, there's quite a story in the Bible, you can read about it. So he was sent to stay at the temple, to be raised by Eli, who was the high priest at that time, and that family. And they were as corrupt as corrupt could be. But Samuel was there as a child. And as he kind of got a little older, he became a young boy. All of a sudden, one night, he heard a voice calling to him. Calling in the middle of the night. So he thought Eli was calling him. So he got up and he ran into Eli. I woke him up. Yes, yes, what do you want? He says, no, I'm not calling you. Go back to bed. So Samuel went back to bed. He was in bed and turned to hear the voice again. He got up. He ran in and talked to him. He says, you certainly were calling me. I, what can I do to help you? He says, no, no, it's all right. Go back to bed. Happened a third time and finally Eli is catching on that something else is happening here. And so he said to him, when you do, you say, Lord, speak. Speak to me. And so when it happened the third time, he said, speak, your servant is listening. A key to prayer. Listen. Be real. Share what's really going on. Don't worry about the outline. <laughs> Share what's real and then listen. It will improve your life because you see, a Christian... It is impossible for a Christian life to be healthy without prayer. It is impossible. It is impossible to make that journey. It's impossible to make that way. So if you're struggling in your prayer life and happening, first check, do I believe that God can take care of me? Do I trust God? And then secondly, am I being real with God or I'm just giving him platitudes? Oh, oh, oh bless me, bless me, thank you, thank you very much, be with my family. And uh, when I was a kid, it was be with the missionaries around the world, missionaries and call porters. We've blessed the missionaries and call porters through uh, the millennium. We've had so many prayers with them. Now it's time to get real about your life. So share with him what's going on. And be real. If you have doubts, or, Lord, I don't know. I don't understand this. I have doubts about it. Could you help me? And could you make this happen? And so listen to him. Therefore, If your prayer life needs improving, needs a brush up, take this new year opportunity to do it. Take this time and find a way that you can pray. Dear Lord, I thank you. I thank you for offering to us a way to communicate with you in reality and in real time and space. For, Lord, we, we think you are far off, not realizing you have such blessings as storehouse to open to us to have. If we would just ask, and if we would just seek you, if we will share with you, if we will listen to you, Lord, you've offered to us a, a prayer, the prayer of vehicle, because you are a real God, and you hear, and you respond, and you care, and you love, and you're working to save us. May we find a depth of prayer life where we can grow in knowing you as our Savior and Lord. Thank you for giving us this avenue. Thank you for making prayer a way of talking where anyone can do it at any time, in any place, anywhere. To your glory, in Jesus' name, amen.